0: The Spinster Life Podcast. All right, Eva, it's that time of year again.
1: It's that time of year again.
0: Time to get out the uh, candy hearts and the shitty drugstore
1: chocolate. It's disappointing until all the candy goes on sale at Walgreens, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, because if it's going to be that shitty, it should be cheap.
1: Yeah, exactly. For some reason, I feel like Reese's peanut butter cups taste better in a shape. Like, if they're they heart-shaped, if they're Christmas tree-shaped, if no, they're pumpkin-shaped.
0: There's more peanut butter. There's, like, more crevices for peanut butter to hide.
1: There is more peanut butter. There's That's more peanut very butter. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: the chocolate's not that
1: good. And they're thicker. They're, like, definitely also thicker. Yeah. I don't really miss the hard chocolate edge that you get in a cup, either. No. I don't.
0: No, I don't either. I mean, and I don't eat them very often because I don't miss them. You don't? No. Oh, I think Trader Joe's has a good version.
1: Yeah, it's okay. But I like trash candy. Like Reese's Pieces, which I'm pretty sure this is like the trashiest candy. I love them. (laughs) They're so
0: It's like like nostalgic. But also, I think they changed the formula. So
1: um, I think the candy is worse than when we were kids. I do think that M&M's peanut butter is an improvement. I mean, they're different. But you mean they're like on improvement the on the Reese's Pieces. No, M&M peanut butter.
0: Peanut butter.
1: Yeah, because now they make 50,000 types of M&Ms. There's ones that, that's peanut butter, and it's literally the best thing. It's so good. You would probably hate it. It's not made of a <laughs> carrot. <laughs> I'm not um, that healthy.
0: God.
1: God. For the rest of us. For the rest of us who are going to have to get through um, post-Valentine's. You know, I'm. I have a boyfriend this year. We're now calling each other. Oh, the B, oh, the B and official. the G words.
0: It's official. It is. But
1: you know, with with a boyfriend, when February comes around, you know, you're like, is he going to perform? And by perform, I mean, is he going to do Valentine's Day correctly?
0: Yes. Um. Because
1: there are, I think, even some of the traditional ways are ways to still fuck it up. I once had to tell a boyfriend. To get me flowers. Like and then of course I'm like, he got them for me. And then it was just like, well, I told him to get them for me. And then on top of it, they were shitty.
0: (laughs) I'm not gonna blame him for the shitty flowers because it is harder to get good flowers on Valentine's Day, because everybody's getting flowers. But That's
1: true. But also he
0: could have thought of that ahead of time. What is your ideal Valentine's Day?
1: I like a little bit of the typical stuff, meaning like I would really like a nice flower arrangement. I haven't been dating this person long enough for him to, like, know what that means to me. I like that plus some planning in terms of, like, whether it's, like, we're just going somewhere to, like, sit somewhere and hang out or we're walking around. I mean, it's hard in COVID, obviously. But, like, it has to... I like an activity plus probably flowers. You know what I mean? Like, I can buy my own candy. Right. (laughs) And I am not a stuffed animal girl. Like, oh, I know God, they're out no. there. But, like, if you buy me a stuffed animal, I- I'm going to break up with you and then let my dog tear it apart.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> um. Yeah, there's something very infantilizing about grown-ass men buying teddy bears or stuffed animals for grown-ass women.
1: Yeah, it's weird. But That's your weird. ideal
0: Valentine's Day is not that difficult to pull off.
1: No, I don't need jewelry. I know that I'm probably hard to shop for. Unless you know me extremely, extremely, extremely well and you have, like, kind of an eye for certain things. So, like, I'm fine with that. I don't need jewelry. I don't need you to drop, like, a million dollars. We don't need to go to a fancy restaurant because, like, I'm not – I don't have the, a palate for that. That is actually know. a
0: whole other issue with Valentine's Day is that uh, all of the menus are usually prefixed. So you can't really even – you have, like, two choices of what you get. It's not even like going to a restaurant. It's like going to a wedding, which I guess makes sense. It's, you know, chicken or beef.
1: Like One year, me and an ex went to a French restaurant, and I think we had escargot. And that was, like – that was interesting because it was more of, like, an adventure kind of thing, you know? It's not food I regularly eat. And honestly, I don't really like French food. But (laughs) – that was a nice way to confirm. I would really rather have like tacos. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I'm I am I am kind of I think half of the like it's the thought that counts but also like do something that's going to be a slam dunk, which is why I like I feel like if you can you know send me flowers without me having to tell you to send me <laughs> flowers or even bring them with you it doesn't you know you can go to Ralph's and pick out the carnations it's okay plus like in it, it, some sort of attempt at planning something that is like us trying something new or doing something interesting together, like something that is more experience-based you know and yeah. it, again we don't have to like go rappelling or rock climbing or do something like that's like a big deal, you know. We could, you know, try snails and decide we don't like them together.
0: <laughs> it's so romantic. We hate. We hate the same things.
1: That is like the trashiest food. It's a snail. Okay, it's just like it's like it's thought of like as fancy, I guess, because it's French and Americans love to just be like, oh, French things are so fancy. But like, you're eating like slugs. <laughs> slugs with homes eva a slug <laughs> you're eating essentially the like trailer trash of the sea like they have little like trailers the... built onto them it's <laughs> like crawling around and i can say this because i'm trailer trash so if you're not trailer trash like word to the wise people don't ever use that term i will come for you <laughs> yeah snails that's gross um, what about you? What is kind of like like have you had any successful Valentine's Days? Have your expectations ever been met, you know, with regard to Valentine's Day? Um I
0: think that's a complicated question for me. I don't know that I like have that many um expectations anymore cuz I'm I'm <laughs> I'm old and I've seen many a Valentine's Day without, you know, seeing anybody seriously. <laughs> Many
1: of V Day has come and gone. Yes, um, in the I, days I of do- yesteryear, Amy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I yeah, but I have done the like someone has planned the like restaurant flowers candy thing for me, and yeah, it was a little underwhelming, and yeah, I, it made me say, yeah, I don't ever have to do this again. That's cool.
1: Did you feel like proud of him though that he like pulled that off, even if you felt underwhelmed by it? Yeah, kind of.
0: Yeah, I actually, I am, I am very surprised by that. That part was good. He did go above and beyond, but yeah, the experience wasn't as like amazing as I thought it was going to be.
1: I mean, I think you and I are just, we're also conditioned from birth maybe to be underwhelmed. Like it takes a lot (laughs) to get me excited, you know, it's like, are you bringing me to a vintage store that's having a a parking lot (laughs) sale where just clothes are piled like eight feet high and I can dig through them? Because if so, like this is the best Valentine's Day of my life. Which I think this all leads us into why an improvement on Valentine's Day is Galentine's Day.
0: Uh, yeah, it is. It absolutely is.
1: Those are also things that I'd rather do with a girlfriend. You know, I don't want to go and do something with my romantic partner. If it's something that they really aren't enjoying, I would rather just go to the spa with my girlfriends, go to the Korean spa, hang out naked with a bunch of strange ladies it also kind of takes the pressure off your relationship if you're like, I'm doing Valentine's Day instead.
0: I agree, because I think part of the problem with just romance in general is that your romantic partner is supposed to be your everything, right? That's like in rom-coms, in books, your soulmate is your romantic partner.
1: Right, and I I do think we've been moving away from that. I mean, it's kind of the theme of a lot of, the seasons of Sex in the City is like, are your soulmates really your girlfriends? Because they're the people that are going to sustain you throughout your life, regardless of whether you have breakups or divorces, or even if you have a happy marriage, that person just can't be your everything. Like to yes. put that on one person, whether it be your romantic partner or like your closest friends, it's like, I mean, I don't know. Like, no, you were
0: absolutely right on that. One person can't be your everything.
1: If you could be everything, then I wouldn't have other friends. I'm all about, like, kind of, like, women as a tribe or as a troop. (laughs) I'm all about that village aspect. Which, again, goes to, like, I just want to hang out with girls. You know, I just want to hang out with ladies. Right. Uh, Yeah, and I feel like Valentine's Day is
0: so much more low-key than Valentine's Day. There's not the expectation. I mean, first of all, because it's kind of a made-up holiday, and it emerged pretty recently. So there aren't, like, firm traditions behind it. Right. But... You know, I think you can you can you can do the spa thing, you could do just hanging out, you could go get drinks,
1: it could be any number. And then things. immediately it immediately just sounds more fun, right? Yeah, like if you're like, oh, Valentine's Day, and you don't think like, oh, I'm gonna be just having a fucking blast, it's gonna be so fun, and relaxed, and like I'm gonna have a good time. Instead it's like Valentine's Day. It brings you anxiety. It's not yeah. fun. You can have Valentine's Day with some bitch you met last week at Trader Joe's, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and no, and nobody's going to freak out.
0: Yeah, the stakes are so much lower, and that makes it more
1: fun. If it's Valentine's Day, you might be wearing pajamas, and that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it would t- like it could be a pajama themed party.
1: Yes, and you can have it with more than one person, and you don't exactly. have to worry if you're too tired for sex. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can eat as much as you want and you don't you have to worry eat about being gassy want. during sex
1: you can have you can order indian takeout or you can eat a full cheese pizza by yourself and you don't have to worry about gas
0: no <laughs> well just you, you, you do a little be. bit because like
1: i you know i don't want to i don't want to smoke you out if we're no, that's fair that's fair but but less concern yeah, yeah. less concerned. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Definitely looking forward to next Valentine's Day actually being able to do a thing. I think we should get started on planning a Valentine's Day event for next year right now.
1: Yeah, I'm into that. I mean, I think it would be interesting if we could get some ideas from like listeners out there, people on Instagram, that sort of thing. Like, if you were to plan a Valentine's Day, like, what would that entail? And you can just say donut buffet. It's okay. It's like, <laughs> completely a correct answer. Donut yeah. buffet is a correct answer.
0: No wrong answers.
1: So speaking of, of gals, galantines, Gal pal. Um, gal pal. Gal pals. I don't even like the word gal. I really don't. I don't I feel that. like women don't call each other that. Not Do anymore. I? Is,
0: I feel like my mom would use it. Or my grandma oh. would
1: use it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's just like gal it just sounds gross i'm like, pretty
0: sure yeah i'm pretty sure my my grandmother would call me like a, a nice little
1: gal it has like a western take to it too yeah. right yeah it's a little yeehaw <laughs> a little yeehaw but we have talked in the past about galentines uh we, galentines yeah. for life yes we, Um, our first episode as a matter of fact our, our very first episode our our one of our favorite sets of bffs
0: ever. So we're talking about Susan B Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton.
1: You can't help but imagine that Elizabeth didn't want didn't want Susan to feel left out, so she gave her flowers.
0: Aw. No, that's cute. Like she She did
1: something cute.
0: Right. The fir- the very first Valentine's Day, even though it wasn't recorded in history.
1: <laughs> even though it probably never existed. <laughs> The fact that she had a room in her house for Susan, you know, it's, it just makes you think Susan was there all the time, you know, and so she's taking part in all these holidays and whatnot of the I, era. Yeah. Right. She you had to. Or she gave her one of those cute little cards, you know, back when they were made of like doilies and had fat cherubs on them. Yeah. Oh, those were great. No, they definitely exchanged yeah.
0: those. They really were soulmates.
1: They had a lifelong relationship that went beyond what a marital commitment even is. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you don't, unless things go really wrong, which they can. Like, I have only broken up with like two or three friends in my life. It's usually, someone who's like a newer friend, and then you know, relatively early on, you're like, "This right. bitch is shady." Like, you're not for me. <laughs> You're not for me. We are not for one another. <laughs>
0: but these two, when they first met, it basically was love at first sight. It was like
1: instant friend fireworks. It is that kind of thing where it just feels, it feels cosmic. It feels beyond the constructs of like time and age and, you know, wh- what season of life you're in, you know. Right.
0: Because they went through every season of life together.
1: Well, also, you change so much throughout your life. And sometimes those changes can really negatively impact your marriage. You know, people, they always talk about people outgrowing each other. Yeah. But with friendships, it is that sort of thing where like, you're kind of growing together, you know, and like, also certain life choices don't impact the friendship as much. Like, I don't care if you get a new job.
0: And yeah, these two, you know, they they did um, move apart. They did a lot of things separately. And that was part of the way that their friendship worked because they could kind of balance each other out and they could support each other um, by doing the thing that the other wasn't so good at. Elizabeth Cady Stanton was the writer and Susan B. Anthony was more of the doer. And she was free to travel and to go places just because she didn't have kids to take care of.
1: When you're deep into a project, like, sometimes your partner can feel a little neglected and whatnot, whereas, like, Susan was probably like, no, we're about the cause, you know, they had a focus on something that was not, was not themselves.
0: I think that's an interesting point, too, that they have this friendship, and it is based around women's rights and suffrage. Do you think that either of those movements would have advanced so quickly if they hadn't also been, you know, like, this close of friends?
1: No, and I think that's an interesting thing about women's friendships. It is this kind of like village aspect. It feels bigger. It feels more doable because there are others beside you who are also rowing or whatever <laughs> sports metaphor you want to use at the same time. I don't know. It has some sort of of magic to it.
0: Uh, we have a little vignette. Uh, it's full of quotes because we love the quotes. They were both smart ladies and they said some smart shit, so yeah, we're gonna learn more about their friendship through their own words.
1: Let's not pretend that we could say it better.
0: So, without further ado, let's uh let's roll the tape. This Valentine's Day, we're celebrating friendships between women by revisiting the friendship of Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony. They weren't just friends, together, they led the women's right movement in the U.S. Their most well known cause was suffrage. They wrote the 19th Amendment. Forty years before it was ratified to the Constitution and women got the right to vote. Here's the story of their friendship, told through the quotes and letters they left behind. Their extraordinary lifelong friendship started in 1851. Elizabeth later wrote about their meeting. "'How well I remember the day, George Thompson and William Lloyd Garrison having announced an anti-slavery meeting in Seneca Falls, Miss Anthony came to attend it. These gentlemen were my guests.' Walking home after the adjournment, we met Miss Bloomer and Miss Anthony on the corner of the street, waiting to greet us. There she stood with her good, earnest face and genial smile, dressed in grey Delane hats and all the same colour, relieved with pale blue ribbons, the perfection of neatness and sobriety. I liked her thoroughly, and why I did not at once invite her home with me to dinner, I do not know. A few weeks later, Elizabeth asked Susan to come stay with her for a few days. Anthony looked forward to getting to know the woman who had led the Seneca Falls Women's Convention. From the start, the two had unlikely but explosive chemistry. Unlikely because the two women were complete opposites. Elizabeth was short. Susan was tall. Elizabeth came from a rich family and grew up in a large house with servants. Susan came from a Quaker family who taught her self-reliance and discipline. Toys, games, and music were all banned in her house. Elizabeth's father was opposed to abolition— Susan's family were abolitionists and often had leaders from the abolition movement as guests in their home. Their strengths and weaknesses balanced each other out. They challenged each other and made each other better. I prefer a tyrant of my own sex, so I shall not deny the patent fact of my subjection, for I do believe that I have developed into much more of a woman under her jurisdiction. Elizabeth Cady Stanton Elizabeth was a planner, a writer, a thinker, and Susan, who didn't have children to look after, was free to travel, going to conventions, traveling across the country, being gone for weeks at a time. While she is slow and analytical in composition, I am rapid and synthetic. I am the better writer, she the better critic. She supplied the facts and statistics. I, the philosophy and rhetoric. And together, we have made arguments that have remained unshaken for 30 years. Arguments that no man has answered. Elizabeth Cady Stanton. "'Their pairing was so perfect that Susan had difficulty working with anyone but Elizabeth. "'Susan once wrote, "'Oh, how I have longed for you at my side to put into your matchless sentences the words that wait saying. the saying. "'None of the young women are good, clear, crisp writers. "'The two of us together, being an invincible team, I feel every day like Samson shorn of his locks without you. "'Susan B. Anthony.' Stanton's husband once said, Susan stirred the puddings, Elizabeth stirred up Susan, and then Susan stirs up the world. And Elizabeth herself said, I forged the thunderbolts. She fired them. They made each other's lives easier so they could focus on their work. Susan would look after the Stanton children so Elizabeth could get writing done. Susan would travel to speak at conferences or meet with lawmakers for the both of them, so Elizabeth could stay home and raise her children. They worked very well together, but their friendship ran deeper than suffrage. They worked side by side, trading ideas and developing an unbreakable bond. One of Stanton's biographers estimated that over her lifetime, she spent more time with Susan than with any other adult, including her own husband. In fact, in 1861, Susan moved into Elizabeth's house. After that, a room was set aside for Anthony in every house they ever lived in. What made their partnership work? Unfailing respect for each other scathing honesty when one thought the other was wrong, and a commitment to take on challenges as a team. Despite often functioning as one, the two women fiercely held on to their own identities. "'The true woman will not be exponent of another, or allow another to be such for her. She will be her own individual self, stand or fall by her own individual wisdom and strength. She will proclaim the glad tidings of good news to all women, that women, equally with man, was made for her own individual happiness.' to develop every talent given to her by God in the great work of life. Susan B. Anthony Through it all, their friendship endured, through victories, setbacks, even disagreements. Here's an account about how the two handled disagreements from Elizabeth's daughter, Margaret Stanton Livingston. They start off pretty well in the morning. They are fresh and amiable. They write page after page with alacrity. They laugh and talk. "'poke the fire by turns and admire the flowers I have placed on their desk. "'Everything is harmonious for a season. "'But after straining their eyes over the most illegible, "'disorderly manuscripts I ever beheld, "'suddenly the whole literary sky is overspread. "'From the adjoining room I hear a hot dispute. "'The dictionary, the encyclopedia, "'all the journals neatly piled in a corner "'are overhauled and tossed about in the most emphatic manner.' Susan is punctilious on dates, mother on philosophy, but each contends as stoutly in the other's domain as if it were her own particular province. Sometimes these disputes run so high that down go the pens and one sails out of one door and one out of the other. And then, just as I have made up my mind that this beautiful friendship of forty years has at last terminated, I see them, arm in arm, walking down the hill to a seat where we often go to watch the sunset in all its glory." When they return, they go straight to work where they left off, as if nothing had happened. I never hear another word on that point. The one that was unquestionably right assumes it, and the other silently concedes the fact. They never explain, nor apologize, nor shed tears, nor make up as other people do, but figuratively speaking jump over a stone wall at one bound and leave the past behind them. Margaret Stanton Livingston end of their lives, the two had made great progress towards equality for women, but they still hadn't achieved their goal, getting women the right to vote. Both women were well aware of their own mortality. If there is one part of my life that gives me more intense satisfaction than another, it is my friendship of more than 40 years standing with Susan B. Anthony. Emerson says it is better to be a thorn in the side of your friend than his echo. If this adds weight and stability to friendship, then ours will endure forever, for we have indeed been thorns in the side of each other. I have had no peace for forty years, since the day we started together on the suffrage expedition in search of women's place in the national constitution. She has kept me on the warpath at the point of the bayonet so long that I have often wished my untiring co-agitator might, like Elijah, be translated a few years before I was summoned that I might spend the sunset of my life in some quiet chimney corner and lag superfluous on the stage no longer. Elizabeth Cady Stanton In 1902, on Elizabeth's 87th birthday, Susan B. Anthony wrote a letter in honor of her friend that was printed in Pearson's magazine. It is 51 years since we first met, and we have been busy through every one of them, stirring up the world to recognize the rights of women. We little dreamed, when we began this contest, optimistic with the hope and buoyancy of youth, that half a century later we would be compelled to leave the finish of the battle to another generation of women. But our hearts are filled with joy to know that they enter upon this task equipped with a college education, with business experience, with fully admitted right to speak in public, all of which were denied to women fifty years ago. They have practically one point to gain, the suffrage we had all. And we, dear old friend, shall move on to the next sphere of existence, higher and larger, we cannot fail to believe. And one where women will not be placed in an inferior position, but will be welcomed on a plane of perfect intellectual and spiritual quality. The letter was published before Elizabeth could read it. She died on October 26, 1902, just weeks shy of her birthday. The Obituary of Elizabeth Cady Stanton the New York Times, October 27, 1902. Rochester, New York. The news of the death of Elizabeth Cady Stanton fell with almost crushing weight upon Miss Susan B. Anthony, who had planned to go to New York on November 12th to assist the venerable advocate of women's suffrage in the celebration of her 87th birthday. Miss Anthony said tonight, "'Through the early days, when the world was against us, we stood together. Miss Stanton was always a courageous woman, a leader of thought and new movements.' She was a most finished writer, and every state paper presented to Congress or the state legislatures in the early days was written by Mrs. Stanton. I cannot express myself at all as I feel. I am too crushed to say much. But if she had outlived me, she would have found fine words with which to express our friendship. What period of your lives gave you the greatest pleasure, she was asked. When we were digging together, when she forged the thunderbolts and I fired them, The greatest campaign we ever had together was in 1869 at the Constitutional Convention held in Kansas for suffrage, and the same year in New York State. In spite of her big family, to whom she was devoted, and the great amount of work she did outside her home, she was one of the finest housekeepers I ever saw. It says a lot about the importance of their friendship that Susan's presence was mentioned so often in Elizabeth Cady Stanton's obituary. Susan continued to work, traveling and speaking until her death in 1906. Women finally got the right to vote in 1919. Had they never met, both women would have left their mark on the world. But together, through their friendship, they advanced women's rights light years ahead and granted women today the right to vote. Damn,
1: 51 years. That is a friendship goal to aspire to. Yeah, and they didn't even get to, like, celebrate anniversaries. I mean, I guess they could have.
0: They could have.
1: But that's something that we don't do in our society, which is kind of sad.
0: It is kind of sad. Another holiday, perhaps?
1: People get celebrated for being married, like, five years.
0: <laughs> right. They get, is there celebration for them being married one year?
1: Friends don't get paper or wood or whatever weird things people give <laughs> to each other on anniversaries. Right?
0: But female friendships are still so important
1: they're really emotional. They can, you know, go through periods of turmoil, just like romantic relationships. And sometimes it's even harder, like, emotionally, if you're going through something like that with a friend, and if you're going through it with a romantic partner.
0: So I'm glad that we could talk about Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton a little bit more.
1: Their relationship goals, right?
0: Totally friendship goals. Uh, That wraps it up for us.
1: Happy Valentine's Day, y'all. Happy Valentine's Day. Celebrate it with a gal you love. And don't forget 75% off candy at your local drugstore, probably starting on the 14th. <laughs> Thanks for the PSA, Eva. Uh, it's c- okay to eat your feelings.
0: <laughs> so you can follow us on social media. We are Spinster Life Podcast. Uh, you can go to our website, spinsterlife.com, or you can email us at spinsterlifepodcast at gmail.com. Reach out. We want to hear from you. Right, sure, tell us your stories. Cuz we're listening.
1: Happy Valentine's Day.
0: Happy Valentine's Day.